Hey everyone, thanks very much for coming back to The Mental Health Bar. I'm, as always, Chris PG, and with me this week, we have Katrina, uh, the sex coach. Uh, we're gonna be talking uh, about sex coaching, uh, among other things. We've had a nice discussion beforehand, haven't we, Katrina? We, we got, it got out of hand. It got out of hand, I'll be honest. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the first time, I, I, I was just saying to Katrina before this, that I feel like we're old mates. We just had a chat. It got. I'm, I'm going to start. I'll open it up with. We have already talked about suction cup dildos. So everything else from there is 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 is, is, is out of bounds. You know, it doesn't matter. We could just do anything. <laughs> We're already way beyond the finishing line. Uh, so Katrina, tell me, what is sex coaching and what do you do? What does it entail? Hi, Chris, and hi everyone. Thank you for watching. Uh, and. Uh... Thank you so much for asking, uh, <laughs> because this is probably the first uh, thing that's causing the biggest um, laughs, question marks, discrepancies, raised eyebrows, all of the above, when people hear sex coach. Uh, so first of all, it's easier to say what sex coach is not. Um, I am not an escort. I will not have sex with you in order to be a sex coach. Um, yeah. Um, I'm also not an educator, so um, unlike in the movie, uh, sorry, TV series Sex Education, I will not be sitting with a penis model and a vagina model and teaching you about your bits. Um, right. That is an educator's role. Um, okay. I am not a therapist and don't assume there's anything wrong with you. Um, as a sex coach, I... The way I, I see it, and this is just my own view, um, bad shit can happen. Yeah. And that bad shit can range from trauma yeah. all the way to just nothingness. Because nothingness can be just as traumatic at times as an actual horrific event. Right. That's There's an interesting perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. More on and, that in a second. Um, Keep going. <laughs> and... Um, this shit happens, but this shit happens and it stops us, it creates barriers in us and we stop enjoying the things that we do. Yes. And that happens in all sorts of areas of life. Now, I think that my feeling is that in, when it comes to sex, it's even more important when that happens and we don't have anybody to get us to the other end because if you look biologically, just, just pure biology at yeah. our drives, the drive to survive, the drive to eat, to, you know, the, the need to eat, the need to breathe. Actually, the most important one is the one to procreate. It's about preservation of the species. We have evolved since then and we have added fun to it. Nevertheless, that drive is more important than any other drive we have as, uh, as living creatures. And so when something stops us from having enjoyable sex life and, and fulfilling sex life, everything else goes to its up. Right. So my role as a sex coach is to use everything that I've learned in my life, everything that I've been through and dealt with and I'm dealing with every day and allows me now the skills i have developed that allow me now to have happy sex life to help others right yeah of course i mean also sprinkle on that some bdsm knowledge from my mistressing profession and <laughs> uh, sprinkle into that some psychology knowledge from my psychology um education um add to it some other um other things that are that you would never think um, I'm, I'm quite I've, I've realized recently that one of the things that makes me good at solving weird problems is the fact that I tend to make connections from places where people wouldn't necessarily think to make connections from yeah, yeah. Um, and sprinkling all of that and getting people through whatever has happened into where they want to be 
would you say that that is because we talked before and you said about you'd gone through trauma in your life would you say it was because of that because i find that i'm quite good at offering advice uh, and 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 wanting to offer advice because i've been through stuff bad stuff and not not advice that deviates from that like i'm not telling people who are going through massive levels of uh, misogyny because i obviously haven't experienced that but if someone's gone through um a, a, an abusive relationship i'm very aware of how to deal with that and how to get move on and cope with what's happening at that time and then take the next steps and the legal process and things like that so would you say it's because of that or would you say there's something else in there or i think it's a combination of things so um okay. just to clarify i suppose i try not to offer advice because again to uh, advice that kind of broaches on to teaching um right. and yep. um I try to offer my own insights, but they're never, you know, it's for the person to interpret them however they feel it's applicable right. to their life. Yeah. Uh, because again, I, I, I would like to think humbly that I am not in the other person's shoes. Our experiences, we may be going through the same thing in, the ter in terms of the label, but the experience will not be the same. No. Our past experience won't be the same. Our personalities aren't the same. So I can't just say, oh, this is how I dealt with it. This is, you know, these are the steps you need to do and you're going to overcome oh. it too. Yeah. No. 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 What I can, but what I can say is, this should happen to me. That should happen to me. This fucked up thing happened. And this another thing. And this is what I did for myself. Yes. If there's something in there that speaks to you, Give this shit a go. Yeah. Or change it suitably so that it works for you, but give it give the shit a go if you feel like it. If yeah, you yeah. feel it's to you. Um I think in, in my case, it's a combination of the trauma I overcame, um high very high IQ, um, very high EQ, um and imagination. And yeah. that ability to link various things that you would necessarily not think about linking. So like yeah. one of the things to give you example is um, I happen to have a black belt in Six Sigma, which is a qualification strictly about quality improvement methodology. Um, so we're talking about Ford, you know, going back to Ford and, you know, Toyota and, you know, lean processes, lean methodology for improving pro processes, improving how things are done. And believe it or not, it actually has applicability to our mental health and overcoming our issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I totally, I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely so, agree with um, you. It's, it's, it's things like that, that, you know, I, I will link in to, to people. So it's all of those together. Because that's like, um, it's like Prince 2 certificate. It's like that same kind of project management methodologies. Um, uh, IT manager used to be an IT That's manager. Uh, you've done that as well. <laughs> this is what happens. So I always think that clever people never find the job that they should be in until they're self-employed because they just can't deal with people who are. That is, see, now that is the first time I've ever referred to myself as a clever person um, in, in my whole life. Uh, I'm trying to do it more. I'm trying to do it more. I think everyone should know when they're smarter or not smarter than everyone around them, but when they're at least smart. You know what I mean? You should know okay. that you know how to deal with a situation. You should know that you're aware. You don't see, the way, I, I, the way I see it is, you don't see like tribesmen in the desert going, you know what? I don't have a fucking clue. You don't see it. They're, they're like, I know how to build that hut. I know how to kill that lion. I know how to hunt food. You don't, they're not, they're not like, mate, I'm all right at this. But there's others that are better and you the same you don't see it in like brain surgeons brain surgeons aren't like i'm all right <laughs> but this guy's might you don't see it you just see confidence you wouldn't you wouldn't buy from them anyway moving moving on so katrina <laughs> you, you, I, I i told you i talked for everyone um you said about you said about overcoming we talked before about coping and overcoming and you not liking yeah. the term coping what yes. and what just I, I know that we've already discussed it but tell it for the listeners at home um, and the viewers at home. Um, what 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 don't you like about the term coping with things? Because obviously on this podcast, on this show, we talk about coping rather than overcoming. And you said that yes. you agreed that you 
could the overcoming was not perhaps the correct yeah. term but yeah. coping also wasn't the correct term so explain to yes. me what your problem is with that so um so what as we said you know so overcoming um you know you, you can overcome the event but you can't really overcome the what it left you with because it's always there yes um so that's why the term overcoming for for anything that's in us it just doesn't sit right with me uh, because it's always there and um interestingly enough um i'll fight any coach you know who will tell me you can overcome anything even with coaching because that's just plain bullshit um because any honest coach who is really re honest and, and 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 truthful will say that you do this shit every fucking day sometimes yeah. you know hundreds of times in the same day um coping the reason why coping doesn't sit right with me is because it sounds very meh. <laughs> meh. I'm, yeah. I'm coping. Dealing with it. It's kind of okay, but it's yeah. it sounds a bit men, a weak, a bit, a bit. It it's not really. It doesn't really give justice to um, where we could be, and also I think once. I think coping can be a stage after yes. something traumatic happens. Yeah. But I would like to for everyone to aim to thrive. Yes. Yeah. Go beyond just coping. Yeah. Because coping to me is almost on the same level as surviving. Yeah. And here is and here is the thing, right? For for quite a while in my life, after um probably after every single time I have been raped and I've been raped more times than I can fucking care to count um, by number of people. Um, I have called myself a survivor of rape. And then I realized what fucking bullshit I was putting on myself by calling myself a survivor of rape. Because I started to, to use it almost like a badge of pride. I'm a survivor of rape, you know, they're going to pound on your chest kind of thing. I'm a survivor. Right. Because it makes you feel somehow powerful. Eh? Really? Really? You know, and, and, and all I can think of now in my mind is the fucking Destiny's Child, I'm a survivor song. And I'm like, again, you, you're making the word survivor as though it's something to be proud of. Yeah. Yes, to a point, it is, to a point. But then there comes a point where you can do better. Yeah. You can move past surviving and actually thrive. Yeah, yeah. And where you you go beyond just... So, so the cooper person, right? Yeah. They will be the ones who... When when shit happens, they are overwhelmed. They 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 are still kind of you know on that you know on that kind of um, survivor mode, so to speak, um, where you know the, the the stress is heightened and they see things yeah. as a threat, and you know they are still unsure. That they 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 are still kind of low in low in self esteem. Then you get to the survivor, and you know you start to see. You know that you deserve help you, you start to ask for help you start to share your story you 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 know that you've been wounded but you're becoming more self-aware yeah you're not afraid anymore but what if i told you that there is another step beyond that what if i told you that beyond that you can actually start to feel grateful for what you have you can actually look to the future you can actually realize that you have the strength to create boundaries and set these boundaries and anybody who doesn't respect them can fuck right off yeah that you know you're not there to please anybody anymore that you're there to live your life and you have the right the power the obligation there i say to create that life for yourself you start to think about the past but without it hurting you anymore yeah yeah, that's great. I see. I'm one that's of the. I, that is thriving, and I'm one of those people. Like I said, I'm one of those copers. I'm one. Of, no, no, no. Oh, I'm yeah. not. I'm not a thriver. Not a coper. 
I'm a coper. That, that's the thing. I am overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed when things get stressful. I have been recently. I've been very open about it because I, and I am open about it because I'm a public figure, because I have, uh, I, I'm still an entertainer. And I think that putting a false image out there is dangerous and, and, and can be, uh, it can damage other people because they're like, oh, look, this person is perfect. Why can't I also be perfect? And, and, and no one's perfect. But I, you just described. But this is, I suppose, where the other thing comes in. So the way I see these three kind of states, yeah. I don't think that they are separate states. Right. Okay, that's interesting. So I, I think that they are, again, a spectrum. Right. And so, see, I think you are, you probably have characteristics of some of all three. Interesting. Because no, nobody's black and white. Nobody's black no. and white. No, I don't it's think just so. One state of the other, and I, I listen. I have times myself where, you know, I am now building my future. I am looking to the future. I've got my boundaries. I am hopeful. I am enthusiastic about the future. But there's still times where I find myself stuck in that belief. Everybody else has it easier and better than me. Which is yeah. the, you know, the, the cooper thing, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah. the victim thing, the victim yeah. mentality. And then there's times where I jump into the survivor, you know, and, and think like, you know, you know, shit has happened to me. I'm, I'm okay, but I'm still in pain, but I'm not no longer, you know, like in that, you know, everything is a threat mode. You, you can get, it is a spectrum. But what I'm saying is let's try and get to that Thrive. other end of the thriving. Yeah. Wow. So you, I mean, I, I, I just breezed over the top of it, but there, that you've been through a lot there. I mean, several times, and and, and that's great. I will put a content warning on this so that people do know that before they listen to it and watch it. But that is, uh, I can't, it, 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 I can't believe that you're able to function after that. If I'm like, it's incredible that you've, you're here and you want to help other people. Like, I would just just lost faith in humanity. So. It, is that what drives you to coach now or is that why you sort this aspect out or not that specifically but hmm. well um the kind of person i am the kind of constitution i have i don't see i, I don't see to have a choice <laughs> is it just I, I, I don't see us having a choice and, you know and what i've mentioned that happened to me that's just the tip of the iceberg right that, if i, I mean, if i go into detail if i were to go into detail and if i went to go into assaults and abuse on top of the rapes and everything that has yes. happened to me that is the tip of the iceberg well look we we don't have to we can if you'd like to but we don't have to obviously it can be emotional for you and I'm, i can I'm see no no I, I i don't mean that in a bad thing i i know i don't want to take you into a place that you're uncomfortable i also don't want to take into a place that detracts from what we're here to talk about as well because uh, i that's as far as you're concerned like you've said this is the past and now you're thriving and you're thriving doing something that helps people working towards it every day <laughs> working towards it every day i see i think that's true as well i think an ongoing process is is always the case like i like i said to you before i always think that the term broken is bad i'm trying to get rid of fine out of my like saying when people ask me if I'm fine, I now will actively say if I'm not fine and I will use any other adjective. I'll tell people, I, I, I tell people I'm excited. I'm tell people I'm happy. I'll tell people I'm nervous, but I will not, I'll try not to use fine. I think that fine is the mask you wear that's just mm -hmm. thrown out there and it's an automatic reaction. So what, how do you, what do you do every day that makes, that makes it like, that makes you thrive? What's that thing? That what takes you from coping to thriving? So one of the um, things that I tend to do, um, and I do it every day. Um, so I've realized, I've identified things that make me happy. And when I say things that make me happy, again, let, let's break that down because to me that can be a bit vague, right? Yeah. So yeah. when I'm saying things that make me happy, I am thinking about things that speed up my heart rate okay make my, get my endorphins flowing yeah and put a smile on my face or make me feel relaxed um so i actually can tell physically that there's physical changes to the way my body operates at that time 
right. that are signs that they make me happy. So yeah. one of the things is I tend to work out in the morning. Good plan, yeah. Because exercise just makes me happy. It, it gives me, you know, endorphins. And when I'm saying exercise, it doesn't need to be a class. So I've identified um, a few years ago, one of the things that really gives me life is specifically CrossFit. Um, just because, just because <laughs> everyone else just hates it. <laughs> see, to me, I like the fact that it's kind of no bullshit gym where, you know, you come in and you know, you're going to end up with, you know, dirty elbows, dirty knees, you know, nobody comes there wearing makeup. There's no mirrors. There's no posers. You know, it's the yeah. kind of, you know, brutal workout that really gets you sweating. Yeah. But it can just as easily be me, me blasting out music and dancing around the house for like 20, 15 minutes. You know, it, again, it gets my endorphins flowing, makes me happy, you know, favorite yeah. songs on. And it puts me on in that frame for the day. So my, one of the, the key things is for me is to start, start the day right. Yes, that's a good way. It's as simple as that. Um, and again, th these are the things that work for me, right? I, and yeah. There's going to be probably nothing groundbreaking here, right? Um, so um, one of the other things, and I'm going to show you because it's lying right here, is my planner. So right. I've got my planner, and I like to do a to-do list for the next day. Um, and usually I like the to-do list to have, depends on uh, how much I generally have to do, but on my to-do list specifically three to four things. Just because... They are, the, you know, depending on what they are, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but yeah. things that I know I can accomplish in that day, because then it makes me feel good. I'm the yeah. kind of personality that I know it makes me feel good when I can tick over the little box and say, I did this. Yeah. So yes. I would start the day with, work, with exercise. I would have my little to-do list. And there is something about waking up and deciding and making a conscious decision. And I, I know I'm going to sound bonkers, um, but bonkers in the best possible way, but waking up and saying, I'm going to have a good day. Yeah. I am going to have a good day and putting it out there and stating it out loud. Mm. It may feel weird at first, but actually saying, I am going to have a good day when you wake up. And recently I also started to add things like I am grateful for my little right. gratitude list. I'm just repeating it again and again and again. And weirdly enough, things become easier when you do that, when you put all of these things in place. Yeah. I um I so we talked about Brené Brown before and that's one of Brené Brown's tips and uh it, uh, it's I I've mentioned it on the show before that when you say things out loud, your brain can't tell the difference between you thinking it and saying it and it just starts going oh that's true it can't tell that you're saying it, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not because you will eventually believe it it takes a while to get in and it's something that people don't realize is an ongoing effort you can't you if you keep saying it and saying it and saying it, it works and i am not i am a hypocrite at this point um katrina because i am one of those people that will do it for two weeks and I'll be totally invested, like 100%. I'll be like, you're a good person. I used to write every night, today I was a good person because, in my diary, and then put a little thing. And then I'll bin it. I'll be like, oh, that's not working. Because it's been two weeks and I still feel bad. So you need, but when you combine it all together, that's, you know, excellent advice. I mean, it, it just not And I think part of it, so um, part of it comes, hey, hey from quality improvement uh, methodology. Um, it's about doing small steps. And so what, what quality improvement methodology would have us do is try one small thing yeah. and do it consistently. And only once you've done it consistently for so long, would you add another thing to it? And right. then do those two things together consistently for so long, and then add a third thing. Um, the, the, the thought behind it is that if you, first of all, it allows you to test those small things gradually. Yeah. So it's not too much effort because we tend, we have a tendency as human beings to try everything at once or nothing. So if you yeah. start small steps, it's, it's more manageable. I call it chunking. So, you know, um, chunk it, you know, uh, chunk it and, you know, 
let those little chunks sink in then add another thing because oh that also means that if something doesn't happen happens not to work for you it's easier to realize oh it's just that chunk it's not the whole thing that's not working it's just that one we think that doesn't quite sit right with me so i'm going to replace it with something different a different thing like a lego masturbation helps frequent masturbation helps how frequent how what's what's a what's a normal amount whatever you want it to be there is no such a thing as not normal Surely there's too much. There's got to be nope. too much. There's who? Pro- probably a medical thing. I don't know. I haven't... Bullshit. 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 As, as, you want. as long as it gives you pleasure, who says no? That's... As, long as, you're not, as long as you're having fun and you're not breaking any legal laws, yeah. have at it. Not on a bus or on anything exactly. like that. So, exactly. I mean, that does bring us hurtling back to the subject of sex coaching. Um so what does that entail come on we, uh, people we've been we've been recording for 25 minutes we've had a full discussion we've talked everything we've talked about we've talked about how we can make ourselves feel better we've talked about not coping but are thriving we've talked about the fact that we've both gone through trauma We're, now let's get people are going to be like come on sex coaching and i have to say katrina when i when we started this call i was disappointed to see that your office looks incredibly boring compared to what i imagined a sex coach would be you've got the you've got a flipboard there are books there's not a single dildo uh i can see the word wicked you don't need to bring a dildo you don't i mean the podcast listeners don't need to know let's just for everyone listening at home dildos everywhere <laughs> they don't know uh but no it's incredibly boring but um it compared to what i assumed would be the like explosion of of sex toys behind you but tell me what does so you've said that's in not, the dungeon that's when i work as a mistress that's in the dungeon that's a different thing so so which is obviously a very different because you're not as you said sex coaching isn't about telling them what to do you said you don't you don't educate you, you it's not therapy it's a coach no. so what are you doing because to me that's it you're either helping or you're uh you're either like coaching like um to me coaching is like educating or it's therapy so what if it's neither of those things what what do you mean what what do you so coach um as as a coach um i believe that people themselves have the answers okay Unlike the teacher who thinks that they need to teach, I think that people have their answers. And unlike the therapist, I don't believe there's anything wrong with people. Right. I think that I don't think people are, are wrong or broken. I think that bad shit has happened to them. Yeah. And they need help moving past it um, and looking into the future. And that they need somebody to help them make a plan so as a coach i will i may throw information occasionally um at people but it's more in a way of rather than teaching and explaining it's more of did you think about this or did you think about that so um as a coach um as, as a sex coach i very much speak to people who perhaps feel ashamed or feel guilty about their sexuality and how they are sexually yeah maybe people who are in the relationships and the relationships became sexless okay and i want to also help people who like me have been through sexual trauma and they don't enjoy they don't know where to go with their sex life from there Yes. So sex coaching is very much, so um, I, I like to think about it as, um, I'm going to use a metaphor here. You can use um, a metaphor. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it, it's two, two things for me. One is a CEO. Yes. When you look at CEOs, CEOs are people that we admire, you know, leaders, people who push forward. When you look at the qualities of CEOs, weirdly enough, these are also the kind of qualities that make your sex life successful. Right. So when we're talking, when we're looking at sex life, I like to think of it as you becoming your own sex CEO. Okay. 
So and masturbation is actually one of the first elements because one of the first things about CEOs is that they know the basics. Right. And I like to talk to my clients and ask them, when was the last time they masturbated? Okay. Like, like truly, really masturbated. Because here's an interesting thought. When was the last time you masturbated? This morning, probably. But but I, I, like, I'm, now I'm interested about what the what's the properly thing. It's it, when when it comes to properly, I mean, really taken in and really masturbated. And I'm not just talking about your penis or if you're a woman, your vagina. I'm talking really taking in your body, really exploring the things you like and tried new things and really taking the time to see what sensations you really enjoy and what sensations you don't. Oh, probably never. I don't remember. I'm British. No, I've never done that. No, I, well, I, I honestly, I can honestly say it's, 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 a, it's a biological function. Like as far to get get rid of it, move on with the day. That's what I think. So you see, th this is the interesting thing. Most people, when they really have been in that discovery masturbation kind of mode, without even realizing, was probably before they ever had sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could probably so, say that. I can see that. When they were, you know, um, really young, you know, when they were on their own. And they were really learning about their body, which is normal. It's natural. The thing is, then what happens is we get into relationships. We start to have sexual experiences and we stop. Yes. And when we stop, what happens is we forget what we like because we associate what we like in bed with the other person being yes. there. Now, what if I said that, you know, our, our bodies change, whether you have trauma or not, things will change over time and we forget about the basics. We forget about actually taking the time to really embrace our bodies and enjoy our bodies. Yes. And yes. actually checking in with ourselves as to what we like and what we don't like anymore, what has changed. So I, I like to give example of myself, and this is actually not to do with sex, but just to show the magnitude of it. We were talking about public speaking before we came on the call. And yeah. um, I used to, do, I, I always did public speaking, God, most of my life. Interestingly, when um, pre-puberty, I used to take part in these, comp in these um, competitions where you would sort of um, recite a poem. And I would fucking rock that shit, right? Like other kids, they would see me coming and it was, you know, in front of like hundreds and, you know, uh, of people. And... Um, you know, other kids would see me coming up on stage and, you know, they would usually be like, whoa, you know, she's coming, you know, we know who's going to win the competition. Then once I hit puberty, my body chemistry has changed so badly that the first time after my first period, I went on stage to do that. I was breaking it. I was sweating. I was red. I was shaking. I got yeah. on stage, said the first few words, forgot everything, got terrified, got off. Whoa. So... If you think about that, you know, my period was, that was enough to change my body chemistry so drastically. I went from total fearless badass to a nervous wreck. I overcame the nervous wreck, but that's how much my body chemistry changed in terms of something, you know, like that. Yeah. And, you know, so here we're talking about se sex itself. Yeah, and yeah. you know people don't necessarily check in. So the first thing is check in, know the basics, know what you like, know what your partner likes. If you're with somebody, if you're not, know what you like. Second thing I like to explore with my clients is one of the issues that, again, a lot of people occur, and I think it's more of a cultural thing that I would love to change. Yeah. Um, but I will do it if I have to one client at a time. Is ask questions. Yes. You know, yeah. people, especially these days, you know, we, we undergone this cultural change where, you know, we have, you know, and as a sex worker, I know so many other sex workers, you know, who will, you know, post, you know, photos online, you know, exposing everything. And you see then, you know, but you see that also, you know, um, in 
wider society, you know, you see, you know, people sharing nude photos with each other, you know, um, yeah. posting them online, have at it, uh, doesn't bother yeah. me. But at the same time, the same people will actually feel scared, ashamed, nervous about saying to their partner, honey, tell me, how would you like me to go down on you? What would make you really happy? What would you really like me to do in, to, in bed with you? What is your deepest desire? You know, people are scared of asking these questions. The other aspect is being proactive. So let's not wait for the crisis to occur. Let's explore the things that have changed, the things that you may feel are issues and how to be open about them and what do they actually mean. Also embrace change, embrace the fact that things will go differently and don't be scared of that. Also understand where your barriers may come from. So one of the other things I like to do um, next to sort of these kind of qualities of the CEO is what I like to refer to as um, exploring your wicked sexual landscape. Right. When I'm saying wicked, so wicked is actually um, a sort of my acronym. Um, so it stands for, um, it's a kind of a series of questions or areas I like to explore um, where appropriate with my clients. And that is, what do they wonder about? What are they curious about? What do they want to discover and explore? Yeah. What is important to them in yeah. terms of their sex life and intimacy? What are they comfortable with? Where is their comfort zone? What are they knowledgeable about? And what do they feel that they lack knowledge about? It is not for me to give them that knowledge, but for me to help them find out where to find that knowledge. Yes. What makes them excited? What excites them and, and thrills them about their sex life? And what do they dread and why? Why are they scared of certain things? Where are those fears coming from? Right. See, that's a. I think that's a big thing because addressing your fears. I always think that fear is 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 the most powerful thing. It's like mm -hmm. because because and it's always the unknown and it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. I absolutely. I, I've always been one of those people that is terrified, and so does the thing, because I'm so scared that I it the the fear is worse than the thing ever could be. So. Absolutely. Whenever, whenever I've done everything, I've always said people. People have said, "Oh, you're brave for doing this thing," and I said, "I'm not. I'm an abject coward. That's the that's the thing, is that I'm scared of being scared. I, I hate it." So uh, when when you say scared of, of the bedroom, what kind of thing are we talking about there? You're saying scared of the. Say, I know it doesn't have to be the bedroom. I'm just using it as a an, mm -hmm. an analogy. Um, what are we talking about? So um, a lot of people are scared of telling their partner either about the things that they really, really want, or they are scared of telling their partner that something isn't working for them. Yeah, I can see that. Especially if so, you care about the person, right? Yep. Um, so I, I try to explore with my clients what it is that, you know, wh which way it goes and what it is. And where do these fears stem from? Because they all stem from something. Yeah. And try to, together, I help them produce a, a strategy or a plan that we can test together and see how they go. And they can then tell me if they worked or not. And then we can think of something else that they can try and test. Yeah. Yeah. So... When, and when they do, what are you talking about with the testing? Are you talking about a technique at home? Or are you just talking about talking? What kind of thing? Everything and anything. It depends on the, it will depend on the client. So I like to, so see the, 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 the when I talk about like the, the sort of a sex CEO and the wicked landscape, it's the kind of things that I use. But the truth is that when somebody comes to me and says, you know, I have, a problem with my sex life. I don't have a specific program 
Right. They are my program. They tell me what they want. They tell me what they need. And I'll do go in whatever direction they need me to go with them. And I am there to ask them uncomfortable questions, yeah. ask them scary questions, challenge their thinking, expose certain pat certain patterns in which they've been thinking and saying and, and, and like you say about you know saying it out loud actually projecting to them this is what i hear you're telling me yeah how does that sit with you and what how do you think we could think about these things differently yeah. and how do yeah. you think we can try these things differently so um to give you an example um obviously i'm not going to tell you who it is but um, one of my clients has experienced um, lack of sexual relationships uh, with their partner. And they basically, they didn't have sex um, for considerable, considerable amount of time. And one of the things that was brought up as the reason um, for, for this client was the fact that they were always tired and they never had time. Right. And I and so you know I said okay let, let, let's go into this yeah talk me through your day tell me literally step by step what happens and lo and behold because I, I I asked to be talked through we've identified that although they have a child there is actually a time period in their day after the child has went to bed when the two of them and experience a bit of a spike in energy but instead of going and chugging like wild bunnies they sit and watch tv or you know they play computer games yeah or they do this or that or next thing and i said well why not have sex then why are we not utilizing their, this time having sex and building up that bond that you clearly still have yeah because this is more than this is more than just about the act of sex. When things go wrong in a relationship, yeah. sex is usually one of the first things to go. Yes. And this is more than this is more than just you know a penis entering a vagina. This is about emotional, physical bond between the two people spiritual call it whatever you want but this is about closeness and connection this is about being with each other at your most vulnerable yeah yeah of course it is and if you can't do that so, exactly so, so it's much more meaningful than just sex but i think you know th that's one of my my big big issues is we don't talk about sex plainly enough and 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 straightforwardly enough you know you hear all of these you know bullshit ways in which people talk about this you know your flower and your this and that the next thing and it's like yeah call it a fucking vagina it's a vagina it's an orgasm it's a penis you know it's balls call it what it is yeah because that's you, you that's one of the biggest problems both in healthy and in unhealthy sexual situations it's the fact that as a society by large sex isn't spoken about as as, as a normal thing we don't call it normal thing. we're scared of, of of using the words yeah well yeah and that's we're taught that in school like straight away we're taught that in school by teachers and stuff i could tell you a real story i tell you a real story uh my youngest came home so we we are quite open about sexuality and things like that um we gave them the talk because there's no the thing is if you don't if you're not open and honest about sexuality you can't be open and honest about consent and that is the most important conversation and it's so hard if you make it magical and weird and odd and like this is a yeah. like i remember a book when i was younger saying when a man and a woman love each other a man soldier stands to attention and marches into the lady's guard box that and i remember that and uh it's such a weird thing because i thought why involve the military but it was such a I was, <laughs> I, I, but it was, I was nine so i was nine years old when i read this. this was this was at first school so my kid came home and she goes um 
she goes, oh, uh, she said that the teacher had referred to it as a either a bagel or a baguette. So those were the things. This was a teacher teaching sex ed who were, she said it was a man's baguette or a lady's bagel. And I was like, she's going to get, it's going to either that lady has never had sex before or she's got a bakery fetish. There's a bagel and baguette. And this is to, to like, they were 11 at the time. They were having a sex ed. This is high school. So they're supposed to be teaching it. And luckily, she thought it was hilarious. Our youngest thought it was hilarious because she knew all the right words. We had all the conversations. Uh, and and they do have sex education now in first school, which I, a primary, which I'm really glad about because it's it, in my day, it was really awkward and weird. But, um, but bagel and baguette. That's in, bullshit. Isn't That's it a bullshit. weird, weird thing? And you're just going to be like... It's not just weird. I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to butt in because this is one of the things that is absolutely grinds my gears and it pisses me beyond the imagination. It's not just that it's weird, it's dangerous. Yeah. Because then you get into this. This is exactly why you then hear stories of children being sexually abused, but not knowing how to say it to anybody, not knowing how to report it to anybody because they don't have a healthy understanding of what it is that is happening to them. Exactly. That's exactly, that's what I, that's what I was saying a second ago. If you haven't got the knowledge of the biology, of the functionality, how are you going to have knowledge of the consent? How can you know what this thing is if you haven't been told what the biology of it are we know when we're hurt because we're told you have cut yourself we know when we're getting tall we know when we have it's all biological function we know we're left-handed we know we're blue-eyed we are told those things we're not we're not told that and it's it's so important it's so important and i and i like it it's it, you have to educate and i think that yeah as you, you said you make there's all these weird analogies because we're very scared of talking about it and I think both you and I have been in careers where, you know, you, you're, you've had your uh, dominatrix and I was a stand-up comedian where talking about sex is obviously par yeah. for the course, is big, you know, standard stuff. Um, and I'm still, like, you see me adjust myself, I'm still uncomfortable. Uh, I should just say, adjust, people who were listening, adjust myself, like, in the chair, not adjust myself down... <laughs> Like, I just realized that. Um, uh, people, podcast people, uh, YouTube people will have seen me like adjust myself, like move myself forward. But I just realized saying it as I said it, I was like, oh my God. Um, just just be, clarify for the listeners. Um, but yeah, you, you see, I'm, I'm, even I'm uncomfortable and I'm very, like, very open. We've talked about stuff here, very open on stage. I've talked about stuff. So imagine people who have no experience at all. My mum can't say she is. She, she was an IT manager and she can't say vagina. That woman, yep. I don't know if she's ever said it. So See, that's one of the biggest things, like one of the reasons why I want to be a coach and why I wanted to be specifically sex coach is because I want to give people that safe space where they can talk to me about these things. And mm. it's not going to phase me. It's not going to make me surprised. It's not going to shock me. You know, I, I've probably done most of those things or I've heard of them or yeah. I've seen them done. Some of them were done to me, um, both the good and the bad. So, you know, these things don't phase me. And it, it, it concerns me that people don't have enough room or safe spaces to talk about sex openly without being judged, without being, you know, raising eyebrows, you know, without shocking. I am here for that. This is why I'm here. I, I think that in Britain, we need that. We need to be less repressed, more open. I think that that is the way forward. Agreed. And funny enough, um, I, I
<laughs> Who just thought? Who just thought? Who just thought? Here we are. Um, so Katrina, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wrap it up there, even though this is a brilliant conversation. We can see about this. Um, but uh, honestly, there's so many. This is such a great topic. Maybe we'll cut, have a, a part two between a part two. And oh, totally. Yes. Tell everyone where they can find you. If they want to get in touch, or if they want to hire you for you know, either of the services. Um, <laughs> So I have, um, I, um, I've got a uh, private Facebook group, okay. uh, which is of sex coaching. Speaking of sex coaching, yeah. Yep. Um, they can also email me at speakingofsexcoaching at gmail.com. Okay. Um, and um, I am more than happy to um, ask me anything, you know, drop me an email, join the group. The group is private, it's a safe group. And on the group, I share some videos, I share posts with little hints, tips, things I've been through that hopefully resonate with people and give people whatever they need to take from it. No, I think that's important, especially as it's an And you will, of course, if you are a listener, all those things will be in the comments of the podcast. They will also be So thank you very much. I really appreciate your candor and your openness. That has been, it's been eye opening for me. I hope it's been eye opening. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Yeah, we probably should do a part two because there's still so much more so we can talk about. So <laughs> much. It's so much. Uh, right. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we'll see you uh, next week with more Mental Health Talk.